Hello and welcome to the Not Another Book Club podcast. This week we talk about sex scenes in books, Trisha's outdated old lady language, and pet hates. Enjoy. Cringeworthy because... I'm standing on the stairs talking to my boss and he is saying about, oh yes, I just got up to this bit in your book and blah, 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 blah. And in my head, all I could think of was that in the chapter before, there had been a fairly explicit sex scene. Uh. (laughs) And I was just thinking, oh my God, he just read that. So your your boss got a peek inside your perverted mind, basically. Yeah, so basically I I went back, I went back through into my office and I just kind of, I closed the door and I looked at, I looked at Sally and I was just like, oh my God, he just told me he's read this (laughs) bit in my book. Um, How explicit are we talking? Oh, nothing, nothing that terrible because kind of, I know this is our subject today. We're talking about kind of. I think we decided this is our subject. We're oh, talking sorry, about there's a little cat walking across the road. Get across safely before the cars come. Um, <laughs> sex scenes in books. Yeah, sex scenes in books, and kind of how much is too much, and kind of because I know we'll come to this in a bit. I know that there's certain groups um, who seem to frown on anyone, even kind of like fluttering their eyelashes at somebody, don't they? <laughs> they just like, no, we just want all the nitty gritty and the dead bodies and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, my books generally have a slight romantic thread going through them, um, but I try not to go too far with it. Um, there's a couple of my books, probably Every Little Breath and um, Dying to Tell, which do go a little bit further. Um, though not, I don't describe. You don't sex. get into specific I don't get into the physical descriptions. I do leave things kind yeah. of at the bedroom door. Um, and... Um, yeah, but Dying to Tell is one of them, and it was really cringeworthy. I think it was just somebody, or a couple having sex on the kitchen table. <laughs> well, yeah, that's not too bad. Uh, well, in, 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 uh, that's what your boss is talking about. Not too grotesque. No. What, if he just, what if he just pulled a table out, and he just looked at you and looked at the table, and he was like, hey? Well, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> come on then, Kara. Me and you in the break room on the kitchen table. <laughs> but, um, oh, don't. Uh, but in, um, I'm reading um, Nathan's new book. The final victim. I'm tensing my arms, but right. this is just audio just, only. So just, this is just for you two. Okay. All right, okay. Just cri- no, um, and he's doing so it. So Nathan's got a new book out. He has certainly he? has, yes. It's be out for this. Is it a piece of shit? <laughs> 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 it's ab- actually absolutely brilliant. It's a belter. And um, what I'm really liking about it is because I'm a bit of a wimp and I'm I'm scared of like scary stuff and everything, so I'm sort of like. You be used to scary stuff. I know. I know, but you, you, I'm the same with yours, Kerry. I'm, I'm a bit of a wimp, really. So I'm sort of like going in with like peeping through my fingers, like oh god, what's going to happen? But he's done it brilliantly. But there is sort of an element of um, sort of like relationships and and, and and sex scenes in it. But it's really good how he's done it because he's he's not actually. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Things. Like that. Um, just for the listener, Carrie was just covering her eyes and pretending to read. This is audio only, and you two keep doing like little looks between each other. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. It doesn't matter. That was just for you. You didn't need to tell them. 
Yeah, that's true. I failed. Carry on, Trish. So, with Nathan's new book, I'm really enjoying the way that he's using sort of the element of sex, but it's like on different levels. And and we know some really, really bad things have happened with regards to that subject. And then there's like this absolutely lovely relationship between a man and a woman. Um, and and but then there's 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 other elements that like. And he sort of takes us to the door of the room, which I quite like. He takes us to the door of the room. He'll either tell us before he goes in there what's going to happen or we also get when the door's closed and he's come out and we get an, an idea of what's happened and he's leaving it to our imaginations. And that that's the type of book I like to read. I don't, know, I don't particularly want to know blow, blah, blah, blow account of what's happened between the sheets. So that's what, as a reader, that's what I prefer. I'm probably as a writer too. That's I take you to the door and, and leave it to the reader's well, I imagination. I sometimes go through the door, but I don't go too far through the door. No. Well, it, it's, it's, it dep- I feel like it depends on what your objective is. Because if your objective is to develop a romance, then having some like minor explicit scene between them will show the sexual side of that, which is part of falling in part love with someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you're just, but I, I read a thriller before. I won't say uh, which one. But every maybe like every fifteen pages, there was a sex scene, just like yeah, you don't just, need that. Just for no, for like no. And this is a big author. Like if I said his name, you'd know his name. But um, yeah, like every fifteen to thirty pages, there would just be a super explicit sex scene describing how they're moaning and what they're scratching and what it smells like <laughs> oh, and God. what it tastes like. Oh, God. <laughs> oh no! And I'm just like. How is this related to the to the creepy neighbours? What's what's going on? They're already the the two characters who are having sex were already in a relationship. They were already about going to get married, so it didn't seem to have any no. narrative or no, character no, purpose. No, I think. <clears throat> um, uh, uh, God, I'm losing. Carrie's going to die live on air. Yeah, I'm going to die on air. <laughs> <clears throat> I think I think that kind of you can have ca- you can have characters who are in a relationship, and you can obviously show the closeness of that relationship or whatever Mm. i think it's important to kind of bring that across to the reader to bring the characters alive but yeah kind of you don't need in that type of story you don't need more than maybe one or two kind of romantic interludes unless it's an integral part of the plot really well i i read a book recently by a really big author female author was it me no darling (laughs) 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 honest to god no word of a lie. It actually made me feel sick. Oh, I know the book. You know, it's the one where you just kept messaging me and saying, yeah. oh my God, they're having sex again. I swear to God, it was just every few pages. And all I'm going to say is this man had a beard and it was it was just so gross. And, and the whole, it actually, like I said to you, didn't I care? It's making me feel physically sick. It was like smelly vision through a book. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we had bird poo. Oh, it was horrible. And it Wait, really, you had what? Bird poo? Bird poo. poo. Uh, what, bird poo in the beard? No, no, that was another scene about bird poo. But Wait, how was the bird poo related well, to on, sex? Come on, you've got to tell us what yeah. happened with the bird well, poo. You can't no, no, there was just a scene about they had to, sc- how was- they had to scrape bird poo into buckets. And it, I just, What's this to do with the sex? I yeah. I'm just telling you that I, I just meant this is nothing that made me feel sick of all the Oh, okay. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about sex scenes, then you mentioned bird poo. Obviously, we're going to assume 
Is there some sort of like no, bird sir. poo lube situation going on? Is there some sort of bird poo? Okay, then all I can say is, um, it was it was just like I say, it was just too gross. It was too graphic, and it was just it was just horrible. And it just literally the whole book made me feel quite sick. But was there a purpose behind the sex scenes? No, it, it was just, just all it, just oh, for okay. no reason. It. it the, I really enjoyed the story. Was good. I really, really enjoyed the story, but it was it was like the uh, the other book, the fifty book. You thought, oh god, not again! No, not again. They're <laughs> going to do it again. So I was just skimming. Then I was thinking, I just cannot be doing with this. Just move on, move on, move on. And um, but it w- was apart from that it was a really sweet book. I really I enjoyed the story, but not that bit. Spoiled. It I am. Um, what makes me laugh is, um, as I said, some readers are really resistant to the idea of I've seen so many threads on it so they're so resistant to the idea that you can have a psychological thriller thriller with an element of romance in them um well sorry um those readers but there is a whole genre called romantic suspense um and so you can have those two things together and I think they actually work quite well together yeah. Um, and yeah, you two, you two both include romance, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do, and they're the types of books that I like to read as well. And and it, I like I, I like straight psychological thrillers without romance. I like psychological thrillers with romance, and I do quite like a bit of chick chick lit as well. So I kind of combine everything together. Um, but yeah, some people they really just don't like it, and. On the occasions that I do kind of look at my reviews, I have to smile because there's there's so many that are kind of they've read my books, and even with every little breath, um, which was probably my darkest book, um, there's still reviews. This isn't a thriller. This is a romance. This is like <laughs> Mills and Boone. Um, that's, that's their favorite trope. What? Because she walks through a hallway in her underwear, and suddenly it's a Mills yeah, and Boone. Ser- Serious to God, they, they're <laughs> like, this is Mills and Boone. Mills and Boone, and I'm thinking. Clearly, you have not read any Mills and Boone books because well, the I have, that happen in every yeah. little breath would not happen in Mills and Boone books. Well, for my ghostwriting work, I have to write endless numbers of those scenes. And yeah, your book is nothing like that. <laughs> well, do you know what I can't understand? I generally can't understand. Is that in real life, when you watch the news um, and there's been a murder or something, how many of how many murders, how many serious crimes are committed? Because of love, because a relationship's gone a bad, um, someone's oh, yeah. jealous, someone's just gone completely crazy. Um, do you know, like, sort of like in real life, in relationships, in 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 in, no matter if you if you're rich, poor, or whatever, people are in relationships, and sometimes bad things happen in relationships. So I, that's why I think it, it ends up making it more relatable because people understand that you know people get dumped, you know, you know someone has an affair, this, that, and the other, and you do not know what type of reaction that's going to bring. And then it woven into a story. I just think that it's just another, it's just another element. That romance is another element. That that's the key thing though. It has to be woven into the primary like narrative thrust. I feel like yeah. it can't just if you if you can skip romantic scenes and they have no other purpose other than just being there then they're not really integral to the story are they if, mm-hmm. if it's not like oh if i didn't read this scene i wouldn't know that these two are bonding or if i didn't read this scene i wouldn't care about what this person's doing over here like it needs to have i feel like it needs to have a secondary purpose as what like related to the main narrative 
Oh, it does. It does. I don't think it can't just be something. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe mine isn't. I mean, I've I've read reviews where kind of like, oh, I just skip over all the sex scenes. It's like, what? So you skipped over about two pages? I, was there, were there any sex scenes in your book, or am I going incra- Not, crazy? Um, no, there was there was one scene where it was about six lines where I think Casey went to Finn. Finn's apartment. Um, yeah. And, but then I it skipped that. to the next morning. Yeah, exactly. But that was just kind of more like a little sweet kind of, but no, I mean, come on. Some and, women called it 70% porn. <laughs> and that's a really good example of what I'm talking about because Finn is a police officer who's related to what's happening to Casey. Yeah, so that, that's that's a really good example of weaving it into the main narrative story. If Finn was just some like random guy and he, he stayed a random up. guy yeah. and there was no twist of him being involved, him being involved isn't a twist i'm not giving anything away but i'm just saying for an example you could have a romance where you don't know that the character's involved then toward the end you find out oh they're significant in some way mm-hmm. so you're weaving it in so all those romantic scenes had a purpose so like can you weaving your favorite word you're using that a lot today nathan trish used weave once and now i'm addicted to saying it and i'm never going to use any other synonym for weave in my entire life because i weave i breathe <laughs> and i leave <laughs> so leave that there but in yours though again it's like going back going back to say making it um, relevant to the story the the scenes that you've written in your book are completely 100% relevant because you're giving us an idea of a really- Trish, who are you talking to me or Carrie yeah I was wondering oh sorry thinking- Nathan sorry Nathan. Okay. Nathan yeah Nathan <laughs> I'm plugging your book mate I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right. Go so you, we'll, we'll go back. Let's go back. Let's be one. So, Nathan, in the book that you've just written, that's coming out quite soon. Yeah, um, 22nd of September. That's the one. Um, all the, 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 um, the relationship stroke sex in it, that isn't on every page, by the way, if anyone's listening, um, it's relevant <laughs> because we're getting, we're getting an idea of, A, how Jamie feels about Hazel, his, his wife, how much he loves her, but he's sort of, should we say, the temptations that he feels and the um, the urges that he feels, that's about another side of his character and it's it's all relevant. And Paul Millicent, um, who's like the star of the show... Paul Millicent. Well... Paul Millicent, the I lunatic series. I have read this book. No, no. Lunatic. Honest to God. Psychopathic. No, honest to God, I've read the reviews... I've read all the reviews in our ARC group, and genuinely, they just uh, for but, our listeners. Do you just want to tell them what an A? Oh, it's an advanced is. reading copy group. They they get like advanced copies. So stop interrupting her when she's complimenting me. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, back to she can't she can't use just initials. Trish, just keep the talking. Reading world just knows, talk over us. and the people who are listening to this podcast won't. Well, maybe they can just go off and do a little bit of research. It's like a quiz for them. What's an ARC group? Googling every acronym. So anyway, um, but as for Millicent, let's go back to our Millicent. Don't you give any spoilers away because I'm I not. just won't read the book if you tell me what happens. I swear to God, you're the next murderer if you don't show up. <laughs> right, um, let me plug his book. So anyway, Nathan, um, with Millicent in the ARC group, the reviews that are coming in just so hating on Millicent, but they're so shocked about whatever Millicent's going to do in this book has genuinely made me 
grow up here and read and, and read the story. And I have to say, as much as everyone didn't like Millicent, I just feel a bit sorry for her. And I've I really do feel. I just. That's think, good. That's what I want. That's what I wanted some people to feel. So I that's do genuinely have a lot of sympathy for Millicent because as the story is progressing and we're dipping back into the past, into before, I'm actually starting to understand that some things really are not her fault. How she is isn't her fault. So I just think it's brilliant, cracking job. So this could have this could have been where you've already had all your fault. This one could have been all her fault. There is a book out called All Her Fault that came out like two months after mine. Oh, right. Okay. Every title is taken. Let's make that a topic one day, by the way. Every title, every thriller title oh, isn't is just, taken. Isn't it just, would you believe, right, when um, M for Murder, which was the first book I ever wrote, um, when that came in out. In 1965. Yeah, back in 1965. <laughs> um, when it came out with my first publisher, it was called... It was called Dead Letter Day, which I actually thought was quite a clever little title. Yeah, I quite like that. Yeah. Um, I came up with that. Um, <clears throat> so, Dead Letter Day, really unique. No, apparently there was another book that was coming out two yeah. weeks after mine. Yeah. Exactly the same Honestly, title. it's insane. Yeah, it's but insane. Blame, when Blame came out, there was a Blame, wasn't there? The same, exactly the same time. Well, I'm not surprised. That's one fucking word. Ooh, oops, are we about to <laughs> Was it Blame? Yeah, you, what do you mean, allowed? Who's going to... I, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, the title, like... the title police are going to come and arrest us all. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know whether or not kind of like the podcast police... We can talk about anything. fucking, but we can't say fuck. <laughs> exactly. Go and sit on the naughty step right now. That was very rude. <laughs> <laughs> enough of that so, young Nathan yeah dying to tell again there were other dying to tells out there every single book but yeah blame I mean of course there's going to be a book called yeah, blame but the, the do you remember I had a complete panic because I actually saw it on Amazon I was, and I was thinking and it, I think it came out I'm sure it was either two weeks or two it was really close to my publication day as well but do you know what like I say there's, there's, there's lots of different titles that are the same so so far her final victim has not been taken I don't think really yeah as far as I know unless well, that's it's right, popped up. yep oh, her final victim someone's just about to press publish on it yeah is that, someone could legit self-publish a book in the next <laughs> week after hearing this and get yeah. the title Do you yeah. think, I think though there was this I have to say there's been a lot of books with the word lies in lately yeah that lies this and her lies that you know lots that's people it. like reading about lies though don't they clearly yeah no they do they do lies and secrets people like all that yeah um, yeah there's um one of the books that i read and enjoyed i think it was last year not this year i do lose track when i read books um one of my favorite authors amanda Brittany. um give a little plug to her um I'm trying to remember what the book was called. It was She Lies in Wait, I think. Um, that was um, that was the last one of hers I read and really, really good. She's such a good author. And I'm sure I saw that title pop up with another author coming out with that title. Mm. It's impossible. C- it come, up, come, up, come up with a unique title right now. The most unique title you can think of for a thriller. Like- Dog, the Dog Poo Chronicles. Oh, my God. The Sexual no. Confessions of a Tea Towel. <laughs> okay well obviously those aren't going to be taken although you said I think, a unique title 
I said for a thriller. I think it's like... Oh, for a thriller, okay. If this tea towel one exists, the sexual confessions of... All right, okay, okay. I feel like that that could go self-pub viral, you know, the sexual confessions of a tea towel. My dog killed my husband. So dumb. That sounds that sounds more like a headline on the sun or the day. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. What was that? The news of the world. Do you remember that paper? <gasps> oh god, oh yeah. god. You guys are coming up with some very unique titles. I mean, they are terrible, but at least they're unique. But anyway, we've sort of gone off subject now because we're, we're doing titles yeah, and we're, we're talking about we're talking about, about sex, about, um, really, weren't we? Sex and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, Trish, in my book, there is there aren't any full on explicit sex scenes. I don't Hang think. on, wait. Is this is this podcast? about romance in books or is this podcast about plugging nathan's new book both 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 um no no, just buy it so i don't kill myself please buy the bloody book i'm I'm sort of 53 percent through so up to now you've not horrified me or shocked me in a oh you failed so that I can't ever <laughs> no no in in a sort of way I'm never gonna I'm never can't look Nathan in the eye ever again. So oh my it's God. all been done the, very, the book very well. Cu- the book I'm currently working on, I'm actually debating whether or not I even want to edit it because the the villain in it, the villain in the book is so depraved and so messed up and so disgusting. It's just like I don't know if it's too much. Like it's so the, the, and there are like a few explicit scenes where he does like ho- horrible evil things. Really, and it like depressed it. It like depressed me to write it, but it was just like that was the story. I don't really question my stories too much when they come no, to me. I, I just pl- I plot them out, and I'm just like, okay, I plotted this out for a reason. This wouldn't leave me alone for a reason, so I'm just going to write it. Yeah. But now I finish writing it, I go back and I'm like, oh my god, this is so weird and depraved. Like this is so messed See, up. Yeah, I've kind of gone the other way a little bit because every little breath, obviously, quite dark, um, a bit sick and twisted in places. Um, and then my new thriller that's coming out in November, um, which I don't think the title's been released yet, but I'm just going to say what it is. It's called The People Next Door. Um, and yeah, I've just been doing the edit on that. And I would say, I don't know, Trish, you've read it. It's not, it's not dark. No, it's nothing like it. It's nothing like every little breath. But then having said that, it, it is kind of a bit twisted. It is a bit twisted, but it's to it to me. I enjoy, obviously you know this. Um, I I love this is. I think this is your best book because it's got all the elements that a psychological thriller needs. But I absolutely love the relationship um, between the two main characters, um, and and that for me that's what I really really enjoyed about. It. And I don't think you, you needed to go as dark as. Um, as you did in every little breath. But it's very creepy. I it's creepy. It yeah. It's it's very creepy. My editor Claire, who um, did this one, she did actually say that the villain in this one is one of the darkest villains that she's actually read about. Yeah. And I was like, really? But yeah. then I kind of I was editing it, and I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, fairly twisted. I'm not saying anything because I know I'm going to put my foot in it. And, and <laughs> no, give a, no, no, I think no. Oh, so you can give out all the spoilers for Nathie's book. No, because but when it comes no, to Carrie. because yours is yours is sort of like right there in my mind. So I, I'm quite. Think, but oh, with yeah, Carrie's because I've literally read every yeah, single chapter as it came know. out because uh, that's what we do because we, we read for each other. Every single chapter we know each other's book so well 
it's so easy just to say the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, 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 until um, people start to till it's out again, I'm, I just don't want to say. But it's absolutely no, I, brilliant. I know what you mean because you don't want to kind of give away if no, no, is male or female. No, or... exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. Or I just don't want. To, I who don't that want relationship is between exactly. Exactly. How many how many uh, sex scenes in Carrie's new one, Trish? I don't think there's any. No, it's Ex- not. Explicit, ten page long, step by step. No, I don't think, no, I don't think there's any sex scenes. I think no, it's probably, not. it probably is the book I've written with the least romance in it. But I still, but there is still an element of that, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 very different to the other books I've written. But I did, I I didn't. You didn't feel, if you don't feel the need for it, then there's no point in writing it, is there? No, it didn't. And it, you know, it didn't need it. Know, it just didn't you know, need sex, it. Sex scenes are actually one of the times when telling rather than showing is probably a good way to go. Yeah. Because you can, you can like cut to black and then have like maybe a paragraph where you just say like, they had the most passionate sex of their lives. They did it. And you can actually just tell the reader what sort of sex they have yeah. without going into the actual physicality yeah. and the nitty-gritty of the yeah. passion. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It is it is it's the complete opposite of show uh, you know show don't tell. It's actually just tell people and then just leave it to their own private minds what they consider passionate um and it's like when people say oh they had the best sex of their lives well you know that that's probably sort of like objective to to, to uh, or pe- everyone in it, so yeah, just let true. let the let the reader decide what they think that is, unless it's uh, relevant to the plot to know, yes, or relevant, exactly. very relevant to the character to know what type of like kinks this person has. I guess. Yeah, if you're leaving clues, yeah, if you're leaving clues, definitely. I've never done that. Da- I've never done anything that's like. I don't think I've ever done really dark and twisted. Have I? Perhaps I should. Oh my god, Perhaps this I- villain! In, this villain, the one I'm d- honestly debating just deleting. He's driven by like psychosexual sexual urges that are just so messed up and depraved that I don't even like being inside his head because it makes me like worried. Like, this guy's, this, I'm like, this guy's a freak. I like, was I was a little bit like that kind of inside the head of the serial killer in um every little breath. I was I was kind of Although it was fun to write, it was also it was also a bit disturbing as well. Yeah, it disturbed well, yeah. me. It disturbed me because I did messages you didn't ask them, Kerry. Now come on now. <laughs> well, part of being a writer oh, is being yeah. able to put yeah. your head into like vastly different mental states and different yeah. like personality types. Yeah. Like, so it's not like oh, you write this, therefore you feel this. Because otherwise, I would be a like 24 year old spunky romance heroine all the time, like walking around yeah. with my painting career or whatever. I write every single week of my life. I, th- I yeah. think, no, I, I know think, what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I think the best character that I've ever written, um, that I, I enjoyed the wickedness of them was actually in the secrets of Tenley house, but I can't actually say who that was for the obvious mm. reasons, but I did actually really enjoy, enjoy the, cause I, I the, um, how sort of weird that person w- was, which you don't find out till really right at the end. But yeah, I, I suppose that she—that's the the, the the it was a female, but it's, it, it, that's the closest I've gone to twisted. I think. But um, I think no, I don't know. I'll tell you who I think your most twisted character was. 
um, and that was um, Kane and over my shoulder. Oh God, yeah, he was awful, wasn't he? Oh, he was a yeah, horrible man, absolute horrible, hideous person. Horrible. Did, horrible. did you write, did you write from his perspective in that, or yeah. was it? No, yeah. no, not from his perspective. Oh, no, okay. but um, but honestly, this this character, he was just the most horrible, horrible person ever, and it's no secret saying who his name or anything. No, no, no. It's the way the book is set up because it's just it's about a relationship that goes really bad. And you know right from the start that it's going to go really bad. And it's one of those, it was one of those books where it was almost, you were addicted to turning the pages, but every time you get to the end of the chapter, you're almost like, oh my God, am I ready to go another chapter? Oh, that's good. And, and you still enjoyed it? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I, I I think the last half of that book, I sat on the sofa and just blitzed it. And it was, it was one of those things where you kind of almost had your hands over your eyes oh I don't know if I can read anymore it's getting so uncomfortable reading but you really needed to know what happened next mm. yeah and yeah. obviously Trish did something which was absolutely unforgivable in my eyes and that just disturbed me and stayed with me for ages afterwards um and she knows exactly what I mean mm -hmm. everyone go and buy the book to find out what no but that book with, with that I mean I tell you about the beginning that you're going on quite a, I think it actually says in the pro prologue, doesn't it, that there's not going to be much light at the end of this tunnel. Um, but can you, and that book was obviously really personal to me for many reasons. It was sort of like um, the book that I'd wanted to write since Rosie and Ruby. Um, because in, in Rosie and Ruby, the character of Kane was the dad, but it was too, it, I thought, I can't, this isn't going to work in this book, it's too dark. And then I got, I thought, no, I'm going to do a, the proper book that a psychological thriller that I wanted to write, um, but with with I, 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 you know when you start that book, but I wanted it to be a really really personal um, journey, and it's basically between um, Freya, isn't it, mm. and the reader, and she asks you questions all the way along, like do you still do you just think I'm stupid, you, you know, because the reader can see what's going to happen, they can see all the way along what he's doing, uh, but she still goes along with it. So oh, yeah, yeah, it was really uncomfortable. That's a really, that's a really good perspective to take. Having her comment on, oh, I know this was, I, oh, you probably think I'm silly, you probably think I'm gullible, because that's probably what the reader's thinking anyway. Yeah, yeah. and if yeah. and if the uh, author doesn't address it, then they're just left wondering, oh, does does the author know this? Does the author acknowledge this? Or yeah. because yeah, come on, I, I was going to say it's interesting because um, when it comes to your best book, I th I still think your best book so far um, is The Other Woman, which has just been released. Mm. Um, but if it actually comes down to what my favourite of your books is, it probably probably will always be over my shoulder. I still get people now, um, you know, on posts on Facebook and everything who, who have read all my books, but they will still come back and say that, I mean, I have people say that's the best book they've ever written, they've ever read, which is 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 a is a huge honour. But it's always the one that, if it sticks out in people's minds for so, for so many reasons, really. But yeah, yeah. It's a I horrible just man. the only thing I wish is that I had known you, and I was reading your books when you were writing that, because it's it's absolutely perfect, and the tension and the build up and everything. It was just there were a couple of words in there, which were your usual grannified words that you slotted in. <laughs> um, and I just kind of like, I was like, 
What's Fred her granny? Say that she's kind uh, of twenty. I know that fancy man is one. Fancy man. Yeah. What yeah, does that mean? Was, Boyfriend think, or something? Yes. Yeah, She's got a Don't say yes man. like everyone knows. Yeah, I'm, seriously, I'm, I'm, I think the first time I ever heard that word was from you. Yeah, precisely. So the other woman, this is the kind of thing that happens, right? So Trish and I, we read for each other. We kind of, she'll send me over a few chapters. I'll send her over a few chapters. So I now pick up on this stuff so it doesn't get into her bloody writing. So the other woman, I think it was Ben, the character of Ben, who is, was he 16, isn't he? Yeah, um, near the end he's 16, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he refers he refers to um someone having a fancy man. <laughs> now, what 16-year-old kid is going to say use the word fancy man? What 36-year-old man is going to use that phrase? Yeah, precisely. Let alone a 16-year-old child. That's the kind of thing that somebody's great-granny would use. Trish, I feel like you're too young for that phrase. I feel like you have to be not like 90 to, no, to no, use I just, that. Things are sticking my mind like that. I just, is it a northern thing, fancy I man? I don't know. Then there's floozy. Well, yeah, that's okay Floozy's for some. Not too yeah, bad. floozy's all right. Yeah, but but fancy man, fancy yeah. man. Well, the, and and the funny thing with Kerry's is when, when is that yeah, sometimes I have to remember that she doesn't live in America because she does things like um, what's it, grilled cheese sandwich. And I'm going, what's oh, really? that? <laughs> you will what's pick. That? You will pick. She picks me up on my Americanisms, which is yeah. good. Grilled um, cheese sandwich. In my defence, in my defence, my first three books were set in the states. And I had to get into the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was actually, it was actually really difficult when, um, because I think I'd written a couple of um, US books, which new new authors don't do this. Don't go down the route of setting your books in America when you're British, um, because the first couple of books I wrote, it was the Americans were kind of almost like, yeah, not quite there. There were the odd little words, but mostly you got it. Um, but the and then, obviously, I decided to try and write something set in Britain. Um, and I tried to do that before dying to tell. Um, and I just remember being told by the people who were reading it, no, it's far too Americanized. And I got this horrible, weird mix. Yeah. Um, so I kind of went back to doing the whole American thing because I thought, well, I need to kind of pick one side and stick with it. Um, Deep Dark Secrets didn't really have any complaints with that. Even the Americans were quite shocked when they found out I was British. But then I, I was kind of, but I am British and I want to start setting things in Britain. Um, so I kind of did it with Dying to Tell, but I had to be, yeah, you picked me up on my Americanisms. I, I think you've been purged now. I think you're fine. Do you know, Nathan, I'm going to give you one word that when we get off, I think you should go go to your, your manuscript and type into the search because you, you, there's one word that keeps coming up. Oh, no. Are you ready? Don't tell me this. Just one word. I know, but go on. Swagger. Really? You, you like a good swagger. Well, it's too late to change it now. It's this is a nightmare. No, it's not. Yeah. No, how, it's many swa- not. how many swaggers are we talking? Oh, I reckon there's been about four up to now. Oh, that's not too bad. Sorry, but Ray, sorry, but Ray swaggered, and I just don't think Ray's a swagger, to be quite honest. Ray would swagger. Come on. There's only yeah. five in the whole manuscript, and two are swaggering. Really? Look, he's checked yeah. already. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just. It, but don't forget, I'm only. Oh, hey, oh, well, there you go. Then you've only done five. I'm only halfway through. But that. But I am going to remo- remove one at the start anyway. The one. That you oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you about that one. Yeah, but it's, that's why it's really. I think it's really. Um, 
it's really interesting for us to, to read out. Like I say, I, I, I thought I thought there were going to be about twenty five swaggers then. No, when you just, said that, it just it just a word that jumped out at me because I say this to Kerry, don't I? When we're reading each other, it's more about reading for each other. It's more about Kerry. What the fuck do you no, think you're doing? Sound like you're reading a bowl of cards or something. She sat there fondling the fucking microphone, removing it and putting it back on, removing it and putting it back on over and over again. Did you not see me disappear? Yeah. I've already, I already destroyed the audio for episode one and now you're trying to destroy it for episode two. Sorry, I just realised, well, I didn't realise, Ellie, my cat, realised she came in the lounge and there was a little black object sitting on the floor and I saw her go over to it and she's obviously looking at it and thinking, do I want to have a piss on this? Anyway, I was kind of like, move, move, move. Anyway, got her away. And then I realised the little black object was actually the bit that's supposed to go on the end of the microphone. Oh, God. <laughs> so I just kind of snuck discreetly over yeah, there. Yeah. And, and, then you, and, then you, and then you discreetly started. I was trying to get it on the end of the microphone. But back to what I was saying. It's, it's the things that we say this, don't we, Kerry, that when we're, we're reading for each other, it's when you read it, it's just those things that jump out at you because, and then I'll say to Kerry, this is, I've just noticed this. Then we sort of like explain why you've said that and that's fine. But I think sometimes every now and again, it's just the thing that jumps out. That might be the thing that needs changing. It might not be. But it's just, yeah. it's better to say it. I'd rather, I'd rather say it no, to you, no, Nathan. No, no, I'd rather say it to you. Because can you imagine, I, I'm halfway through, or 56 or whatever, through, and I've, I'd noticed a swagger. Had you looked at your manuscript then, and you went, oh, shit, there are 20, there's 20 more to oh go. Oh, God. Then dude. you would have been like, Yeah, that would have given me, that would have given me a nightmare. Yeah, so there's not, so we're fine, it's good. But, you know, obviously, because we're, we're here now, I was going to say it. It, had we not been here now, probably would have just carried on reading and told you at the end. But the, if there's not going to be any more, that's fine. But it's just, I just think it's better to say, really, sometimes. The thing is, I, I don't think I could write and submit as I write. I don't think I could, I don't think I could have any out, outside input into into it until I'm done. Because oh, well, I need, I, I need to just like, I need to just like. I don't know. I need to like be inside the story constantly all the time without any outside influence. And then obviously with editing and everything, you get that. Mm. But it is good to have, it is good for you to point things out, like repeating words. And you've spotted a couple of typos after it was edited and proofread. And I proofread it. And somehow the typos still exist. They I do. don't know they, how. They slip through. They I mean, slip this through. Is, this, this, is just, this is actually another thing that sometimes annoys me when I see posts about it in groups. Um, because typos there are typos in every bloody book oh yeah yeah. every single book has got a typo in it even kind of the ones that have been read 30 times at the top five publishing houses now if a book hasn't been edited and hasn't been proofed properly and there are errors in every chapter and there's i don't know there's 20 or 30 errors in the book fair enough i get it it's frustrating. It pulls you out of the story. It's sloppy. It shouldn't happen. But there are no books out there that don't have maybe half a dozen errors in them because yeah, exactly. it's almost impossible. Everybody sees something different. I mean, in my day job, um, I have to help proofread brochures and we have a whole team of people who proofread these brochures 
And we all spot different things. And you can guarantee every single every single season when these brochures go to print that we always somebody will spot an error just after mm-hmm. it's gone to print. It's the same as when you sort of send an email to somebody important or whatever, and you can read it and read it and read it a dozen times and you press send and then you spot an error, don't you? Mm. You know, and that's the most like heart melting moment. You, just read, is, the, you read the email you just sent, which is a psycho thing to do anyway. You just sent it. And then you read it just as a little final check. And then it's like, oh, cool. I've, I've put T-E instead of the. I want to kill myself now. That's great. Fantastic. <laughs> this person knows I have no credit now because I didn't, I didn't take the time to write the properly. <laughs> yeah, precisely. But it happens. And I think readers have to learn to be forgiving of the odd ones because we're human and humans make mistakes. And it but then matter. you read some books and it is like every two pages. Yeah. And that is bad. That is, I completely agree. When you've got a lot of errors in the book, it pulls you out of the story. Um, and it's it's bad. Those books shouldn't be going to print in that kind of state. But I think that maybe up to kind of six errors in the entire book that might be just the slightest typo or something, you have to be forgiving because you can then- have 30 people check that book and I can guarantee those errors will still be in there. But then readers, it seems these days, are super forgiving of like grammatic. Like I've read, I read a lot of, not a lot, but I've read lo- quite a few reviews of people saying, oh, I love, like give five star reviews. Oh, I love the story. Everything was great. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And then right at the bottom, it'll be like, oh, just a minor note. There were grammatical errors littered throughout and there were lots of spelling mistakes. And people, sometimes people just don't care. They'll just read it anyway if they like the story. Genuinely, yeah, there are, I don't there care. Are, but- I, I don't care. It, it, as long as it doesn't spoil the story, what I, what I do hate genuinely is when you start to read a book and it is so badly written that you just think, does oh, this God, yeah. does this writer not care? And and that that's that's unforgivable. Um, I can yeah. I can deal with the I can deal with typos and things like that because that, like I say, it's human error. I don't think bad writing is human error. That's just bad write, bad writing. No, I agree. I agree completely. And I, th- I think one of my biggest pet hates is unrealistic dialogue. Um, dialogue to me is such an important thing. What you mean like, he- hello, daughter, are you going out with all your friends? I know all of you, you and your friends like to go out. And she's like, yes, dad, I am going out to the park. We like to play at the park. It's fun. Yeah, like exactly that. like that. Like yeah, proper you robotic, you mechanical. Do get, yeah, you do get authors who do actually write dialogue like that. And yeah. It's I can't I can't read books like that. No, it I can't. Just... The only benefit to dialogue like that is it's quick. You don't need to have any subtlety. It's quick and easy. So for because you read a lot of very um, like stupid romance books basically, and they have dialogue like that because it's just like the reader knows instantly. Oh, that that's their daughter. That's their son. That's their hobbies. That's what they enjoy doing. You don't yeah. have to just casually slip things into conversation. But yeah, I hate it. I really it's don't like awful. it. It's awful. It's awful. I think it's a bit condescending, to be quite honest. Yeah, To it the is. reader, you know, like, because you, like you just said, Nathan, you know that they're putting these things in to just, because they can't actually be bothered to write a paragraph that gives you a little bit of backstory that, you know, like little Chelsea likes. Or just phrase it in a normal Exactly. Or just phrase yeah, it in a not, natural way. Yeah. But that takes more effort. Yeah. It takes more effort to, for, to like, have a character reference something to do with volleyball than it does for them to just say, you know how much I love volleyball. I've been training all week for this volleyball match that is happening on the 22nd of... Oh, <laughs> yeah. Not the 22nd of September. That's when my book's coming out. So. <laughs> I um, 
I think it's really important with dialogue to read it out loud. Oh, no, I don't. I hate it. If I read, even though I look at my dialogue and I think, that's, that's great, that. As soon as I read it out loud, it sounds awful. So I hate <laughs> it. I hate it. I never read. Well, well I do, it, but I hate it. I don't, I'm not saying I sit there and read every single line out, but if you're unsure if a line sounds right, if you read it out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll yeah. soon know. Yeah. Sometimes like when, when Brian comes in and, you know, like because I write in the kitchen and I'll re- even like, I just think, and I'll, re- I'll read him out like, you know, part of a chapter. I'll say, I'm really pleased with this. Let me read this out to you. And as I'm reading, I'm thinking, I hate it. No, I've read it yeah. out. You know what yeah. I mean? So just like, <laughs> don't read it out. But I know, I know some authors who literally read the whole this whole book out loud. I do when I proof it. Um, so, do you? Yeah. So obviously, um, I write the book. I'll read through the book before I send it off. It gets submitted. Um, obviously, it goes to um, the editor. I've just had my new book come back. Just done the edit on it. Um, I've done the edit. I've just read it through from start to finish, which I have to say I feel really relieved about because. I don't know if I've said this to you, Nathan, but I really struggled to connect with this book. Yeah, and no, I remember you saying. All the way I through, saying... I was thinking, this book's just going to be shit. And Trish kept saying, no, 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 I, I I, love it. I think it's your best book yet. And I'm thinking, really? Because I just didn't connect with it. Um, didn't overly enjoy writing it at all. Um, and then um, our publisher said, yeah, um, think it's your best book so far. I'm thinking, right, okay. Um Went off to the editor. Editor loved it. And I've just done the edit and I've just finished reading yesterday. I finished reading through it. And I have to say, I, I was actually really proud of it. Oh, that's um, awesome. So, that's so I'm, good. I'm pleased. I connected with it when I did the read through. But yeah, it will go off and it'll be proofed and God knows how many times or whatever. And then it will come back to me um, for the final read through. You guys obviously know how it works, but just saying this to the people listening. And when I do that final read through, I will actually read it out loud. I, I used to read all my own work out loud. This was before I was published. Mm. And I read all your fault out loud. And then for her final victim, I don't know. I read certain parts out loud, but I just didn't, I just didn't feel like it was necessary because there, there was, there were way fewer errors in her final victim um, compared to all your fault when I went to editing. And that was the main reason I used to read it out loud to try and catch them. Well, this obvi- is what, this it obviously is why failed it for me because there was so many in all your fault during editing. Yeah. Well, that's why I do it because I find, I find if I'm actually reading the words out loud or sometimes I don't, I don't read them all. I will put them and it's, it, it's really long winded and boring to do, but I'll actually have, um, what would you do it? Long-winded and Kerry does it. <laughs> no, Kerry. How? No. Um, I will have Word read it out loud to me, which is quite. Oh, is I know what good. I know. One of the editors does that. As yeah, well, that's true. I? I was just going to say one of the editors does that. But it's it. a really good because it will straight away you will spot the words that are wrong. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's. Oh, I don't think I could. <laughs> but it does say it says some words really really bizarrely like i had a character in um trust no one only a minor character called roger and it kept calling the character when it when word was reading it out her saying roger roger <laughs> really <laughs> do, you, oh, yeah. do you know our name we've got alexa 
and she gets on my nerves as well because they have this thing because obviously Harry comes to, to us after school and at half past after two school. it goes after school. school after school it comes round and mm-hmm. um, it goes this is your reminder Harry's on his way home and it really annoys me <laughs> she says way home I'm going no Harry's on his way home just say it properly Alexa she's going to hunt down me. the voice of Alexa now yeah. Oh, yeah, well, she can do it now, but she went through a phase where she couldn't say my cat's name, Ellie. Ellie? Yeah. Oh, Alexa couldn't. I thought you meant Trish yeah, couldn't for a second. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, like, what? She couldn't say Ellie. So I'd be like, sometimes when I was a bit drunk or whatever, I'd be sort of kind of Ellie and Lola would be in the room with me and be saying, Alexa, say, say hello to Ellie and or because you can say, if you say Simon says before, she will repeat whatever you then say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Like, for example, um, Alexa, Simon says Patricia Dixon is a twat. Does Carrie know that, does Carrie know that we can't hear what oh, Alexa is saying? Wait, wait, wait. Alexa, volume up. Alexa, louder. Oh, my God. Alexa, louder. Carrie, I've got the um, setting on here to cancel background noise, so we might not hear. Oh, yeah, no you matter have, how- haven't you? Oh. So it's a choice between hearing Alexa or Trish's insufferable fan. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I forgot we had headphones on. Um, even though I've kind of been playing with mine the entire time. <laughs> you forgot we had headphones on, but you've been making love to yours every single second Woo-hoo. of the show. <laughs> Literally, it's good we haven't got video because all you've been doing is like caressing the ears, yeah, I know, pulling one, pulling horrible. the other. I don't like wearing fin- them. Jesus. Right, so... Um, Have we got so enough cons- now, do you think? Four. <laughs> I was about to to do what you just did in a much subtler way. But of course, as usual, Wrecking Ball comes in, smashes everything (laughs) to pieces. I was about about to say, so what's our consensus? Do we think sex scenes are necessary in books? Have a quick little deconstruction about it, you know, a little debrief and then we leave. But fuck it. Let's go. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been not another, this is, this has been not another book club ended because Trish got bored. All right. Bye everyone.